Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben, and in this episode of the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast, we're talking to a man who makes magic with his stick. Welder. Stick. Stick. Welder. Hey family, I hope you're well wherever you are and you got that thin blue smoke rolling. In tonight's episode, we're talking with Glenn Tyndall Davies from Jagged Woodfired. He's the master pit milder and competitor and half of the current KCBS International Brisket Team of the Year. So we're going to have a really interesting chat about all the different designs for all the different smokers and things he comes up with, the trial process and the redesigning process that they do through their through their competitions that they do, and, uh, and all that sort of good stuff. Now, before I get into that, I do have a couple of announcements I need to run by you first. The first is that we do have some uh, hoodies and t-shirts, caps, beanies. We've got, we've got our tumblers available over on the smokingonconfessions.com website. Make sure you get your orders in now so you get them in time for Christmas because you know how things are with the post at the moment. It's all, a bit, uh, it's all a bit too much sometimes, but make sure you get that in soon. Now, if you're just at the beginning of your barbecue journey, do head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com, maybe while you're checking out your, your shirts and your hoodies, and pick up your free copy of our ebook, The Beginner's Guide to Real Barbecue. Now, that's a really good read. It was recently awarded by the NBBQA over at their conference in Kansas City, and what that is is everything you need to know to go from zero to hero in the world of low and slow barbecue. It's completely free. Head on over there, check it out. Now, this is obviously a great time to uh, to be recording because we've got a bunch of people who've already come and joined us online in the Smoking Hot Confessions barbecue community over on Facebook. So a lot of people are wanting to talk to Glenn tonight. So if you're not there yet, come join us. It's a group on Facebook, the Smoking Hot Confessions barbecue community. We record these live episodes in there and it's also just a really family-friendly, fun, nice place to hang out and just talk about barbecue. So make sure you come over and join us over there. If you're watching this later on on YouTube, do give us a, th- a thumbs up, a subscribe, and hit that little notification bell. If you're catching it on Facebook, it's all about the likes, the comments, and the shares. Especially the shares would really help us out. Over on IGTV, give us a cute little love heart and a comment and a follow. And if you are listening later on on a podcasting app, make sure you give us a five-star rating and review. That is really helpful, pushes up uh, us up the charts, and helps us get our message out there to the masses. Now, there was one more announcement that I did need to give you, and that is that we are taking a holiday soon. So the last two weeks of December and the first two weeks of January, we're going to be taking a month off. So there'll be no more podcast episodes during that time. But after that, we've already got them lined up, ready to go. So there is going to be a little holiday there. It's been um, it's been mandated by my doctor. Um, I, I think you know her. Dr. Wife is her name. So we're, we're going to be taking a holiday uh, over Christmas, four weeks not allowed to do any work. So that's what's coming up. Just letting you know now. All right. I think that's about all you need to hear out of me. So let's get Glenn in here. This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? G'day, Glenn. How are you, mate? It's good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you, Ben. Thank you for the intro and uh, welcome to my slightly dusty workshop. <laughs> Mate, it looks like you've just literally spring cleaned it right before we uh, came online. It's looking all nice and sparkly. Uh, it's, it's just a trick of the lights, mate. You know how that works. Yes, I know very well how, <laughs> how important light, lighting is. Now, we've, um, we've uh, got a couple of comments coming through already here. Someone here, uh, I believe you might know him, Daniel Green, is saying, less chit-chat, Glenn, more building our new smoker. 
So, <laughs> he's keeping tabs yeah, on that's, you. That's pretty familiar to the phone calls I get as well. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough, mate. Fair enough. So tell me, what was the last thing that you barbecued? Uh, last thing I barbecued was a two kilo chicken on the baby cabinet that I did. Um, just got the cabinet running, and sitting on 250, batch cocked the chicken, put some rub on, threw it in there, and uh, went out for the rest of the day. <laughs> nice, very handy. So you can do that with the, with the gravity fed there. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty handy. I think Jules came home four hours later and take, took it out and it was all ready. <laughs> Perfect. And it was, of course, all done fire safety, concrete floor, nothing around all that sort of uh, very responsible fire safety stuff. Yeah, it's all very green here at the moment. Our fire restrictions don't come in for another few weeks, so. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hence, sounds hence awesome. Hence the beard, mate. Hence the beard. It's too cold to shave. Yeah. Yeah, well, beards don't like fire. Trust me, I know. I was at a festival down in Sydney and it was a cold, cold night and they started to light a bonfire and I, coming from the Gold Coast, I was just dying from the cold and I huddled down over this tiny little fire as it was starting to grow and then all of a sudden someone went, can you smell burning hair? I went, ha ha, it's not me. I don't have any hair. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I'd, singed all, <laughs> I'd singed about two inches off my beard. <laughs> so getting back to that chicken, man, tell me what, uh, what, what rub do you like to throw on your chickens there? Um, I normally am allowed to use anything that Julianne doesn't use for competition. So whatever <laughs> I find in the back of the cupboard. <laughs> uh, generally something with a few herbs in it, not too much heat. Um, not too much sugar content, just a bit of salt, some herbs and stuff like that. Beautiful, yeah. Do you have any uh, any companies over there in WA that use some native herbs and spices to WA? Uh, I don't know, to be honest with you, Ben. Um, I'm, I'm left in my little shell here to just work my welder and um, Julianne has taught me everything I know when it comes to cooking food with barbecue, so I'd have to ask her. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, maybe she can let me know in the in the comments there. Uh, all right. Absolutely. So, mate, tell me. Uh, of I'm I'm guessing that the answer will be a jagged model. But what is your favourite barbecue to cook on? Uh, the Black Beauty, I think, is my favourite to cook on. The smaller of the actual steel ovens, the first one we designed and built. Um, yeah, personally, I just I find that the best that suits me the best like with any barbecue it will tell you that they have got their favorite that suits their style suits the way they go about things so for me personally i like that um the stretch is just a bigger version of it and of course the little cabinet they're just sort of they're fun but they're i like to be a bit more interactive as some of the offset guys would probably tell you that's that's their goal yeah, fair enough. There's a bit more to play with with the uh, with the ovens. So, man, tell me, how did you get into barbecue? Um, started off with our pizza business, as Jules probably mentioned in a couple of her interviews with you before, and she wanted to get into competition. And at the time, we'd started working on the design for the Black Beauty oven as a pizza oven. Um, and it sort of just all fell into place, got dragged along to a competition, Jules did really well, and seed was sown, and off we went. Right, so was that, um, so she had obviously found out about competition barbecue somewhere and decided she wanted to have a crack at that, or was, or was it a pizza competition that you sort of then morphed into barbecue competition? 
No, it was definitely a barbecue competition. One of the first, that was the first one I think I had here in Perth. Um, and she was, as she gets, dedicated and driven and wanted to get into it. And she decided that was going to be her thing, which is, you know, paid off in all parts of our business and life in general. We have a beautiful barbecue family over here that we uh, keep in touch with and um, and our family through our business that is through barbecue is just amazing. So. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Sounds good to me. So it's, uh, I'm hesitant to say it, but were you, you, you were told you were going to get into barbecue. Is that what I'm, is that what I'm hearing? That's, I think that's what you're hearing. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Now I'm, I'm just going to let the, uh, let the listeners and the viewers know that um, Jules was on camera uh, before we went live and she's actually left the shed and she's tuning in for, from somewhere else. So we can be a bit cheeky. We can, uh, we, we can get away with a few things because she's not going to poke him from off screen with a big stick if he, uh, if he misbehaves. So, uh, <laughs> correction there, Ben. You can get away with a few things that I'll probably get a kick up the bum later. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Mate, so when did you discover that you love building things? Uh, maybe when I was five. <laughs> okay. I've always had a pretty creative streak. Um, didn't, uh, even though I finished year 12 at school, I probably didn't apply myself very well because I was more of a learn-as-you-go kind of person. Um, always was making stuff, always building things. Was lucky enough to grow up in the country, so um, there was always people around who could show, you, show me how to weld or how to build something or, you know, always, there was always something going on, you know. We're modifying push bikes, and then we're, as I got older, we're building... Um, cars to go race around the bush and uh, got the speedway and then, you know, progressively as we go along, I built the whole trailer and for our pizza business, decked out a whole truck to live in. Um, so, yeah, pretty much my whole life I've been sort of playing around and building things and being lucky enough to have mentors, I guess, in my life that have not always had a lot of money or had life easy. So they were always repairing something or being creative to repair something. I mean, I fixed a motorbike, a motorcycle clutch one day when I was probably 13, flatten, cutting up and flattening out Coke cans as pressure plates. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you don't learn that stuff on, on YouTube back in the day. You just, you just worked it out. And how long did that uh, Coke can pressure plate last? Uh, I think the motorbike died before that actually died itself in the end. <laughs> wow, there you go. It outlasted the rest of the motorbike. Yeah. <laughs> or the pressure plate just, just shredded internally and just killed the motorbike. <laughs> Possibly, you know. But that's, you know, that's farming. That's, that was farming back in the day. That's what you did. Yeah, yeah. So you, you built Speedway cars. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, I was, I was pretty young then. I was doing juniors. I was a junior racer. Um, and a fellow that was known to the family would race and I'd help him go and work on the car and bits and pieces and how it all sort of went together. And then on the on race days, we'd share the car. So he would race in the adults and I'd race in the juniors. So it was yeah. sort of fun. And so you actually got to build the cars that, that you were driving? Yeah, pretty much. Put the roll cages in and tweak the motors and all that sort of stuff. 
Sadly, um, well, not sadly, it's probably a good idea I didn't stay in motorsport because I probably wouldn't be here today. <laughs> I was just going to ask, how did you go? Like, like were you winning or were you uh, at the other end? As, as Jules is competitive with barbecue, um, I am super competitive with driving things. So it's best I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did I did as a junior but um yeah I think these days it's better off I just cruise around not get too carried away fair enough I can I can certainly understand that motorbikes used to be my thing and uh, I don't own a motorbike anymore <laughs> so I can, no, I can completely not. understand I've done all that motorbikes and fast cars and all the fun stuff but uh yeah I think as a, as you get older you try and slow down a bit <laughs> yeah, yeah, or we're or we're told to, <laughs> or when you have kids to think about. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mate, tell me more about this truck because that sounded absolutely fascinating. You built a pizza trailer, and then you built a yep. truck. And my understanding is you guys spent a couple of years traveling around the country. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So we'd started our wood-fired pizza catering business over in Victoria, uh, spending some time with Julianne's family. And then we, that sort of got grew to a stage um, where we were able to build a seven meter trailer and deck it all out with a with an oven and a cool room and cupboards and all that sort of stuff, which we built from scratch. Um, and then we found a old horse float truck, an old Isuzu dual cab truck with a horse float slip on unit on the back. Um, which had already been started. They'd started putting in a bit of accommodation at the front part, but the back section was still for the horses. So we got that home. <laughs> Funny story, when we went to pick that truck up, we got, we're test driving it around Victoria and the coppers pulled it up, pulled us up, thought we were out <laughs> rustling sheep with it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. In, in I, said, I don't have a, a sheepdog, and we're going to get him in the truck. <laughs> wow, that is funny. So that was pretty funny. Just had to talk your way out uh, of that, no doubt. But what sort oh, of yeah. uh, what what sort of construction went into that truck? Uh, basically, a full strip out, a full new floor puts right through, and then um, all the commercial kitchen stuff that you have to do with the vinyl floors, stainless steel benches all in the back and uh, set up as a prep kitchen with a, even had a dishwasher in there. So water tanks and everything else. Very handy. A a mobile truck (laughs) kitchen with a dishwasher built into a horse float. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, we're going to get into the barbecue building in a little bit, but tell me what is the most interesting non-barbecue thing that you've ever built? Oh, non-barbecue thing. To be quite honest, Ben, I've got no idea. Um, I've built so much stuff, or I modify so much stuff, I guess it's more to the point. Um, I've helped a lot of people along the way just tweak things, I guess. Um, Farm machinery and Stuff like that, broken, 
I kind of look at things in a maybe a different way. I don't know, and I would modify it. Or when I worked on drill rigs for ten years, I was always changing things, modifying things. I guess that sort of helps me now with what I do now. But it's, I try and look at things from a different perspective, um, and see if it can be changed and improved in any way. So I guess it's not. I don't think I've got a favourite build or a most interesting build. I think the interest is how things can be modified. I mean, people have a great idea and it's manufactured to a point that they can see it manufactured to. And then if you look at something from a different perspective, it could be just that little thing that changes it and makes it 10 times better. And sometimes, a lot of times, that's what I've done over the years. Yeah, right. Now, how did the mining managers like you are? Uh modifying their um their expensive mining equipment uh most mining managers didn't like me very much at all <laughs> but most drilling companies love me because i get more production oh okay well I, I guess that's hard to argue with isn't it yeah exactly now we've just had a a, a suggestion um coming through uh Paul Woodlands has made a comment here. He's asking about the submarine smoker. <laughs> it's it's just buried here in the back of my mind. It's uh, <laughs> it's an oh. ongoing process. Okay, so that's uh, that's not happened yet. Well, that that's a nice segue into my next question. Was going to be what is something that you'd love to build? Like, what's in the back of your mind? Is is it like a a, a truck with a motorcycle ramp in the back and so you can just use the truck as a mobile motocross park and just park it and then they can jump all over the truck. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. The submarine smoker build is going to be a lot of fun when I eventually get to it. It's Poor Paul has been waiting a long time for me to get onto it, but it, as you know, things have been pretty crazy, so... And we've been really busy, um, but it is slotted in for a build. It's just making it happen. Uh, but yeah, that should be a lot of fun. Uh, that'll be for the navy, for their, for them to use it on on their navies for their barbecues and stuff like that for them for those guys. So. Um, oh, okay. So it's going to be like a standard offset that looks like a submarine. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, Although. Okay. From one side, it probably won't look anything like an offset if I build it the way I want to build it. <laughs> From one side, it'll probably look like a submarine. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, man. Fair enough. Um, okay, so I guess then that the uh, that the last question that, that I got for you before we move into the next part would have to be, what would be your your ultimate um, tool if you could have any like what what would be the greatest thing you could add to your workshop at the moment? About five more people. <laughs> <laughs> you need some offsiders, mate. Yeah. Um, I've had a pretty lucky year with picking up tools. Um, I could, I probably want to upgrade the equipment I have would probably be the best way to put it. Um, I've been, I've been lucky enough to open marketplace at the right time and pick up some really good bargains 
for metalworking equipment. Uh, considering that in high school, I was, I finished with honors in woodwork at high school and now I build things out of metal. So I'm not quite sure how that works. <laughs> Got a project you'd like to work on with the SHC team? Shoot Ben an email on ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation. Alrighty, now let's get into uh, into some more jagged stuff, man. You, you've got some really interesting designs. Your your smokers and the barbecues that that you create are quite non-traditional in their in their design. Tell us about the 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 process. So let let's start with the ideas. How do you come up with the ideas? that you want to of, of what you want to build um well there's it's pretty much i have an idea i'll go online i'll see what's available because basically for everything that i build there's a plan or a design that's similar and that kind of takes me back to what i was saying before about tweaking things and changing things so i'll ba i'll take a basic design i'll have a look at it I'll make some changes before I even start. Um, and then I'll build what I think, how it's going to work. And then generally that'll get cut up three or four times and remade. <laughs> until, until it gets close. And then we'll cook some barbecue in it or Jules will cook some barbecue in it. And then Jules will give me her feedback on what she thinks or how it runs with the cooking side. And then I'll take it back to the workshop and we'll change it again. So a lot of what I build is not new and it probably won't be new, especially to the guys that listen in that are in the States or watch your podcast in the States because there's so many designs and variants of designs around. It's just getting it right. Um, you know, I pulled, I did a service on a smoker, one of our big cabinets the other day. It's been running seven days a week for 18 plus months um, and all I had to do was make a couple of little changes to up, update it basically from one of the earlier models and put it all back together and give it back to him. Um, and that just comes down to the time and effort that goes into the design at the start. You know, and we're pretty lucky in a way that we have such a great uh, our clients are like family, so if anything goes wrong or they think of something or they just ring me up straight away and say, what do you reckon about this or can we do this or, you know, I'm having this issue. Not that, you know, that happens very often, but we can fix that straight away because I know exactly what's going on or building them all myself and then the next version is, is better again. So for the base unit that we send to people, is so improved and it's improved every time. Like if there's an improvement to be made, I'll just make it. Fair enough. So once you've got those original plans and you're, and you're looking at those plans, how do you spot where improvements are made? Like do you start looking at airflow? Do you think about airflow or do you start looking at materials? Do you start looking at, uh, at, at angles? Like where do you start breaking down those designs? Airflow, airflow is the most important thing. Um, if you haven't got airflow, because all our all our smokers are, nat I guess, nat they're natu naturally aspirated. Get that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's we want to stay traditional to that. 
Um, we've got some things that will probably come up next year, but there's still going to be a naturally aspirated unit. We don't want fans. We don't want any of that kind of stuff. Um, there is an option that I'm looking into to have some sort of electrical controller, but it will still be a naturally aspirated smoker. There'll be no fans or any of that sort of stuff. So for me, airflow is super important. Um, if you don't get that right, it'll, it either causes heaps of problems or it will just never work. Yeah, no doubt about that at all. Now, I, I know that, um, that there's a lot of builders that they, they work out their, their airflow ratios and then they apply it to their design and they typically build one design of, of barbecue. But you've got at least three that I've seen, three different designs. So how do you keep all that in, in your head at once? I have no idea, mate. Because <laughs> my stuff goes straight in and straight out. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I think um, when, it, when it comes to airflow, it's, it's, it is a balance. And it's a, it, it just, it's, a, it's, a, it's not that tricky. As long as you like, allow for more and reduce it if, in the cooking process, do you know what I mean? Always allow for more. That, so it's always better to, 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 to oversupply and then choke it down if you need to. Absolutely. Nice, 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 nice. Okay, now what is the, uh, the, the testing process like for these designs? Because I, I mentioned in the introduction that, that you guys are competitors as well. You're the KCBS International Brisket Team of the Year. But, I mean, obviously you don't just design a prototype and then just roll it straight out. So tell us a bit about the, the trial and testing process. Well, we do a fair bit of testing at home um, when we can. But being two of us, there's only so much barbie you can eat. <laughs> <laughs> um, quite often, like we're testing uh, a new design at the moment. And so I've got an old cabinet smoker, which has been chopped up and modified and all sorts of crazy, crazy, crazy stuff going on with that. Um, and But we'll just stick five uh, kilos of charcoal in it and burn it and take, rating, take readings off our probes and stuff like that. Um, and that kind of testing with the ovens themselves, there was 18 months worth of testing in the ovens themselves, trying different materials, different layouts, different setups, different airflow, different chimneys, all that kind of stuff. Like the Venturi system chimney, even though it's very short, that's six months in design and modification in that alone. Um, so the, yeah, just. I know it looks a bit like an outdoor oven thing that it will burn anyway, but it doesn't. If you don't have it set up properly, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realise that you were actually designing and building those Venturi chimneys. I thought they were like prefabbed and you'd um, you'd add, like built the, the exhaust vent on the smoker oven to fit that chimney. Yeah, what we did was we got together with a stainless steel uh, blue manufacturer here in Perth um, and back and forth with them probably four or five times getting the design right. They can buy an off-the-shelf, almost off-the-shelf kind of unit, 
but the way the internal part of it was set up was not right for the oven to work properly. So there was a fair bit of mucking around getting that right. It's like, I feel like a chimney on an offset. If it's not in the right spot, it doesn't work. Yeah, makes sense. Now you mentioned a, a chopped up cabinet there that you're trying some some ideas out on. Are you able to give us a, an idea of some of the things you're doing or are they still under wraps as a top secret prototype? Uh, it's semi top secret, I guess. Um, okay, all right. Looking at a looking at a more solely commercial gravity fed cabinet smoker that will be able to hold up to 40 brisket. That's going to be a monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Now I'm I'm glad that you mentioned uh, uh the commercial stuff there because you also do a whole lot of uh, custom jobs and custom kitchen inserts and designs and that. Give us an idea of, of some of the most interesting uh, custom work that you've done. Oh, I've been having an awesome time with the guys ordering the large cabinets office lately, especially up in Cairns. Um, just awesome people having a go with the barbecue store and a restaurant and they're just an amazing bunch. Um, all, our, all our clients that have those just love them and they're just they're just suit purpose perfectly uh done a few grills here and there for a few restaurants some stainless steel work uh not my forte i have to say i generally get someone to help me with that (laughs) um generally some of that sort of work is is a bit tricky i do i will admit um we've had a few over the time more and more people are just leaning to what's easy now. So a cabinet smoker or they're tending to just go back to a normal type grill um, as opposed to a charcoal grill, just a bit easier for them to use. And especially now with staffing issues everywhere, um, they can't, before it was hard to find people who could operate a smoker or a grill, a charcoal grill before, now it's even harder. So. It's limited in the staffing of who can run these things. Why is that getting harder? Because uh, there's, there's no one with any experience around and then so there's no one getting trained or shown how to use these kind of, kind of, this kind of equipment, I guess. Is that because borders are closed and you, and you haven't got that influx of, uh, of people coming in? Uh, well, it, was, it was tricky before. Like most of the guys that have bought smokers of us, have all had some experience to some point um, and we help them out along the way. Uh, but charcoal grills, it's like, it's not a, not a widely used form of cooking and it hasn't been for quite some time. Um, it's not something you learn at TAFE. <laughs> no, it's not. It, it, it is not. <laughs> um, mate, one, one of the things that I did see that you build that I absolutely love are those Asado grills. They are just stunning. Talk to us a little bit about your asado work. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple that I've got to build shortly. Um, but yeah, it's, I can't say they're my favourite thing to build, honestly. Okay. I like I do like to build them for people. They're a great little unit. Um, yeah, they're 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 fun, but uh, I much prefer to build ovens and smokers. 
Is that because the uh, the asad the asados are a little bit uh, sort of simpler to build, and you enjoy the challenge of the puzzle of working out the um, the the smoker side of things? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, I I've tried to make them more complicated. <laughs> I've tried to make them more a uh, bit more user friendly as well, like uh, with more building with more stonework in them now. They're sort of they're sort of in between what would be sort of commercial and what is more and, and backyard. I've sort of tried to get, try and get a nice balance between the two. So you, they're still heavy duty, like we build everything else, but they're probably more heavy duty now, I guess. <laughs> Fair enough. Now you, you did build one of them that got uh, used by a celebrity at a, at a show or an event or some kind, didn't you? Oh, we've got one at the Royal show that's on this week at the moment. Um, rang me up with an urgent order. Thankfully, he uses a lot of grills and wanted, even though it's big, it's 1.7 metres long, um, two grill system. Uh, he uses a lot of grills and wanted a fairly simple grilling platform. So it saved me a bit of time, but yeah, it was a bit of an urgent order. So I'm sorry to all my other clients that are watching, I had to push it in. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't trying to get you into trouble there. I was, I was actually uh, referring to uh, to when Jess Pryles came out and she uh, she grabbed an asado from you and um, and put it out there at, uh, at at an event that she was cooking at. Yeah, that that was uh, one of the wineries here in Perth. Jess had a ball using using our grill. Uh, I think we gave her two. I'm not sure. No, she had two there. I can't remember. But um. No, she she loved using it. She thought it was just the thing. Cooked up a storm for everybody. And uh, she's into staffies, and we breed staffies, so she thought that was Christmas when we took the dogs down to visit her. <laughs> uh, did you have puppies at the time? Did you get to play with all the puppies? No, we just took our two that we had, took them down to visit and say goodnight. Um, but, yeah, that was awesome, Me, catching up with Jess again, because we did get to meet her in Houston as well. Yeah, so that was always good. Always good to keep in touch. Yeah, she's always good value, isn't she? Now, Jagged is working on on a couple of new projects at the moment, and one of them involves a raffle. Can you tell us what's going on with that? Yep, I find my little book so I don't get it wrong. Oh, okay, <laughs> you've been given a list of what you have to say. Uh, just so I don't mess it up more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully it'll be up and running by Friday. Um, tickets will be available through our, through our page. Um, it's, we're raffling the Jagged Stretch Oven, uh, which is sort of just behind me, just out of shot, half made at the moment. Um, so it'll be brand new, ready to go. Uh, that's for Lifeline, and it'll be drawn at the smoking, the last, the very last smoking charity barbecue event. Um, coming up in a month, about a month's time, a bit over a month's time. So it'll be drawn there. Tickets will be 25 bucks. So, and all proceeds, like I said, to go into Lifeline. And we all know the great work that they do, especially at the moment. Um, and they need all the help they can get. So really appreciate it if everybody would, as soon as they've come available, we'll, Jules will no doubt post it in a hundred million places. Um, and if everyone can just jump on board, make that little donation and all together will make a big difference. 
It absolutely will, yeah. And I, I happen to have one of those stretches. It's right behind me, behind this wall at the moment, just outside that window. Uh, it is a hell of a bit of gear. Can you give us an idea of the uh, of the size, the scale, some of the features that it's got? So it's, of course, the bigger of our two ovens. So it has the three, three shelves inside it. Uh, your footprint is only 800 by 500. Um, so it doesn't take up a lot of room in your backyard, but you can still load it up with a whole heap of food. I mean, you could put three big briskets in there if you wanted to. Um, of course, it'll still do your pizzas. It'll do your low and slow. Um, it'll do your cold smoking if you want it to do cold smoking. Just chuck a normal roast in there in the middle of winter and fry up some veggies. And, you know, it's limitless what you can cook in them. And that's the way we want it. Yeah, I've been playing with it the last couple of weeks, and I've uh, I've done uh, beef ribs, I've done pork ribs, I've done uh, racks of lamb, I've done chicken, I've done uh, pizzas, and it is just so much fun. It's such a ball, and I reckon you could even possibly start a small sort of catering business if you were catering private parties and things like that. Like it's 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 big enough you could probably feed a hundred hundred and fifty people off of it easily. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, we've done a few over here for some guys that just run a small catering business from home and um, that's what they use. They use it as a smoker, as their warmer. Um, they cut it around at weddings and parties and, you know, backyard events and um, nothing too crazy, but, you know, that's, that's, their little, that's their little side hustle. That's their business that they, they get into. It's perfectly suited to that because it doesn't take up a lot of room. Um, you know, one, one bloke's got it mounted on a 6x4 trailer. He loads it up, throws his eskies in, takes all his food, and off he goes. He's, he's done. Yeah, so you're not just raffling off a smoker. You're actually raffling off an opportunity for someone to, to open up a whole new chapter of their lives if they wanted to start their own business and get into that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And if they want to get into the comp scene, it's, it, you know, you can cook every protein in it. Um, a bit of juggling, but you know, by the time you're resting some, the others are ready to go in. Uh, yeah, look, endless opportunity you can use with that that particular unit. It is big enough to do some catering. It's still small enough to not take up a lot of room in your backyard or at a comp or any of those kind of places. Um, and just super versatile, you know. That's why I love using the smaller version. It's just so versatile. Yeah, it's a really good bit of gear, yeah. Now, those competitions that, that you were mentioning where it's being drawn at, those are the smoking in the da-da-da competitions, and each year he changes as he moves locations. So it's been smoking in the water, it's been smoking in the valley as he's changed locations. Where is he this year? This is smoking in the valley again, I think. It'll be the, it'll be the last one. It's in the Swan Valley. Yeah, so I must be smoking in the valley. Jules will probably tell me off later. <laughs> was that not on the list no that's not on my list <laughs> well then that's Jules' fault <laughs> well, I hope she caught that bit <laughs> <laughs> alright so it's, it, it's yeah. smoking in the valley it's coming up at the end of October um, the entire festival itself is designed to raise money for Lifeline and Jagged is raffling off this smoker with proceeds going to the uh, to Lifeline yeah that's exactly right, yeah. Yep, with, with tickets being on sale uh, this Friday on the Jagged website. All things going to plan exactly. We're hoping to have it already up and running by today. But, uh, 
it's uh, it's a lot longer process than we realise. So anybody out there who wants to get into doing a raffle, plan, plan, and plan and plan again. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. And Jules has just put in the comments here. Yes, it's sadly the very last smoke and charity barbecue competition. So we're going to send him out with a bang. We're going to raffle off this smoker. We're going to raise a whole bunch of money, and we're going to make the last one the best one ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Beautiful. And part of that, part of the raffle prize is that we will ship it to any capital city across Australia as part of the prize. So oh, wow. if, you barely, if you don't live in a capital city, you'll, we'll have to organise the extra freight cost to get it to your door. But to any capital city in Australia, we're more than happy to send it to. Mate, that is awesome. That is so good. So good. You guys are doing some great work. Now let's, uh, let's move on to the next little project that I know you're working on. You're super excited about this one. Um, I, I just wrote about it in the Barbecue News magazine over in the United States. I'll let you tell it. I'll let you tell it. All right. Brace yourselves. <laughs> well, I'm working on a flat pack, jagged oven. You heard it first. Get it home. Fold it together. I'm not going to make you weld it. Uh, there's, there's still a whole heap of work to be done, trial and error and trial again. Um, but it is happening. It is a happening thing. Um, we will never stop building what we already do. This is just another product that we'd like to see uh, take over the world, basically. Well, that's the most exciting part of this, I think, is that, is that it, it circles back to what you said that you love most, which is taking an existing design, fiddling with it, modifying it. So not only d does it sort of scratch that itch for you, but it introduces Jagged to the world. You're, you're going to yeah, become like, uh, it's, it's going to be like an Ikea smoker, except better, because it's actually going to fit together and all the parts are going to work. So. <laughs> oh, did I forget to mention I'm not going to send plans of how to put it together? Oh yeah, or they or, or they won't be in English, or they'll be. No, we're going to make too... it interesting for people. Yeah, <laughs> or the or the two most important screws won't be there. That's right. That's right. We'll put two in that don't fit anywhere as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so in in the next year, in the next year, hopefully we'll have some more news on that. Yeah, that's very exciting stuff, mate. Very exciting indeed. So, mate. Let's just sort of close this out on 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 jagged now before we move into the next part. Um, what is your your sort of goal for uh, for the next say twelve months? Um, just to really to grow our business. Um, we've sort of been cruising along pretty happily where we are. Um, but trying to take that next step is a, a big big mission. Really, I mean, anybody out there who's in small business will totally understand what I'm saying. To go from being us and a few staff every now and again to being something a lot bigger and more productive, is it's massive. It's a massive, massive step. And we're keen to make that happen next year. Uh, and hopefully that will follow on from the release of new products, um, ongoing changes to the products we have. And I've got heaps more... Crazy ideas, guys. Don't, don't, you, it'll happen. <laughs> uh, of how we can grow our business. And for the next 12 months, that's, that's our main focus is 
how we can be, get bigger, get better, and uh, and uh, be a big part of the barbecue community, not only here in Australia but on an international level. Um, it's I know it's if you don't dream big, it'll never happen. So dream big, everyone, and make it happen. You're listening to the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with massive barbecue nerd Ben Arnott. Alrighty, Glenn. Now this is the uh, the most oh, one of the most exciting parts of the show. It's the lesson stage for our listeners and our viewers. That's where you get to share some wisdom with the uh, with the viewers, with the listeners, and teach them something that you know really well that that, that perhaps they uh, they could learn from. Now. We were speaking off air before we got started and you just sort of smiled and winked at me and said, I'll let you know when we get there. So I don't actually know what you're going to talk about now. So I'm just going to sort of sit back and just let you go for it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, tips and tricks, I guess. When it, If there's anybody out there who wants to build their own smoker, just have a go, you know. Um, there's plenty of us around that build smokers. There's some great businesses that build smokers all across the country. And we do all different styles, um, but work your way up to that. Go and if you go and buy a cheap smoker, work out how to use it, and then at the end of the day, you're going to be a far better barbecue when you can afford to buy uh, something of high quality, no matter where you get it from. Um, and if you're the kind of person like me who likes to build their own things and have got a bit of knowledge, just have a go. Find some of those plans. Try and build something. Um, Send me an email if you're stuck. I don't, it doesn't bother me the slightest. Um, to build your own smoker and use it is just a, it's an amazing thing. And it's, it's what if you're into smoking, you should at least try it once. If try and fail, doesn't really matter. You tried. Um, the biggest tip, I think, if you're ever going to build your own smoker is airflow. Just always make sure that's the part of the smoker you can adjust the most. Um, Fire in and out. Chimney is important, but that comes down to your airflow. So, yeah, I think that's the some of the best tips is just have a go and make it work. If it doesn't work, start small. Start small. Start with something. You might burn holes in it or kick it around the backyard because you hate it because it's some bit of rubbish. But at the end of the day, when you can afford to pay that bit extra, or you can go up another level and come and see me or come and see the guys over east that build that style of smoker that you really love to use, then you're going to be a far better barbecue in the long run. Um, you know, it's, it's trial and error no matter what you do. But, yeah, I think that's that would have to be some of the best tips I think I could give anybody who really Fair wants enough. to get into barbecue. Yeah, good, 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 uh, good place to start there. I like how you say uh, if you want to build one, start by buying a cheap one and learn how they work first. I like that. That was a good one. Now, there's a lot of people out there who are like me, and we decide we're going to do something, and we go out to Bunnings, we get the gear, we come home, then we go back to Bunnings, we get more gear, we come home, then there's something else we forgot, we go back to Bunnings, and then we come home again. So. If, if somebody out there is wanting to build a smoker in their backyard, what are the essentials? What do they need to have first before they even try and start? A plan. <laughs> okay. So number one, a plan. A plan. Um, you need to know 
what style of smoker do you want to build? Do you want to build an offset smoker? Does it need to be reverse flow, through flow? Do you need a, do you want to build a cabinet smoker? Um, you know, and then all the varieties of that along the way. And then what material you're going to build it out of? Does it need to be laser cut? Can you get some second hand stuff? Um, all those kind of things. How good a welder are you? <laughs> Mate, that that thing about welding is a good point. I wouldn't even know what what kind of welder I would need to start with. No, well, that's you know that's should be part of, part all part of it. Um, and talk to people, talk to people who may have built one before, um, and get there, get some advice. Have a look at have a look at how other smokers run, the style that you want to build. Have a look how they work. If you go to comps and talk to the guys at comps and ask them to look at their smoker, generally they'll say, yeah, come and have a look at my smoker if it's not loaded up with food for comp, you know, pick your day and, and have a good chat to them and try and nut out how the airflow works on it and how it laid out and then go back to your drawing board and draw sketches and play around with all that kind of stuff. It's pretty involved, really. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, for for me, I like I said, I wouldn't even know what what kind of welder I'd need, or or what kind of steel would I need to use. So, uh, I for me, I'll just leave it. I'll, I'll just leave the building to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, for me personally, when I build things, I like to make everything out of the out of mild steel. Um, I'll probably get frowned at by a few people, but um, I just find that it has the most give, and it will expand. You got to allow for expansion and shrinkage in your hot zones. Um, but I just find it the most easiest material to use. If you allow for those few things, it, it'll last you forever. Um, and it just sort of takes, like stainless is wonderful stuff, but I couldn't, I don't think I'd ever build a smoker out of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I can't imagine it would stay shiny for very long. Now there was one no. fellow who, who reached out to me today, um, talking about building smokers at home. And he, you actually did help him out a lot. And he's all the way over in Melbourne while you're over in Perth. That's Michael Coates. And he, uh, okay. he was inspired by your gravity-fed designs and decided to have a go at one himself. And he, he said that you had given him loads of advice. And, uh, and, and he was just wanted me to let you know that he was very appreciative of that help that you had given him. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's all part of the community. It's all part of the barbecue family. Um, if people want to have a go and, and they want some advice, I'm more than happy to help them out. As long as they don't sort of cut me out of my business life, I'm happy to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so definitely some kind of vetting process that they are actually just someone in the backyard and not uh, not someone in a factory trying to rip off your designs. Yeah. Uh, I never give away all my secrets, mate. I never give all my secrets away. Fair enough. I totally understand that. I was speaking to someone the other day who uh, – who had tried to help somebody and then that somebody turned around and ripped off their product and was, uh, w- was undercutting them in all the different shops. So we definitely don't want to see that happen. No, we don't. But, you know, sadly, they'll get theirs in the end. Karma. <laughs> Karma, my friend. That's it. Yeah. That's it. All right, well, look, that's probably a good point for us to, uh, to, to start wrapping up the show. I'm going to throw the floor over to you now. Give some thanks, give some shout-outs, give some praise to people who have helped you out along the way. Um, I know that you've been given another list. Uh, so you can grab that now. And 
and you can make sure that you uh, uh, send all the praise and the shout outs and the thank yous that you need to. Yeah, of course. Um, once again, uh, just thank all our all our barbecue family, really, and our family as well on both sides that have stood by us this whole time, um, watched the ups and downs and everything else, but our, especially our Jagged family of owners and uh, people involved with Jagged. They're just an amazing bunch of people, lots of support all the time. Um, you know, to get up every day and know that they're out there cooking on our barbecues and loving it is makes me go to work every day. Um, the Yourself, Ben and Bree, all your wonderful support over the years. Um, I, I know you're getting some fun out of that oven that your place at the moment. <laughs> and uh, we'll see some more photos, I'm sure, shortly. Uh, again, just the Lifeline raffle. People keep an eye out for that. And uh, 25 bucks a ticket, it's not a lot. And uh, you could end up with a beautiful smoker in your backyard. Uh, all the all the barbecue people over here in Perth, the butchers, and uh, all the people we deal with along that line of things, just amazing bunch. And uh, we just want to see it grow, community grow. We'd like to see our Jagged family grow even larger. And uh, who knows where it will take us, mate. Windows open. Definitely, definitely. Now, make sure that you tell everybody where they can track you down on the internet as well. Ah, through uh, Jagged? <laughs> as, as, as Jagged, yes. Not, not as any of your alter egos that you've got different, uh, different profiles set up for. As Jagged, please. <laughs> Jagged on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, I, I don't know, mate. I don't, I don't do computers. I do shed stuff. <laughs> okay, it's it's jaggedwoodfired.com.au, spelled J-A-G-R-D, jaggedwoodfired.com.au. So that's the website where the tickets will be up. <laughs> I'll have to slip you uh, 20 bucks for that, Ben. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> that's all right. Just, just, just put me a ticket in that raffle. That's fine. All right, too easy. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, mate. Look, I'm going to say thanks very much for your time. I've, I've really had a great time tonight and best of luck with everything coming up in the future. Thanks, Ben. Been a pleasure, mate. Awesome. And there you have it, family. That was the one and only Glenn Tyndall Davies from Jagged. He's the, uh, he's the man behind the welder, behind the smoker, behind the lady, behind the team. That is the KCBS International Brisket Team of the Year. That was so much fun. I had a ball. Uh, Glenn actually came and stayed with us for about a week a couple of months ago, and we took him around the Gold Coast here, and we're really pushing hard to get the Jagged name out there. We're working with them to, uh, to do that. And now I just want to make it clear again um, that, the tickets are going live on Friday, this Friday coming. Um, so, oh, actually, as we're recording this, this is going to be happening uh, out of sync in time. So we're recording this on Wednesday, the 29th of September. So the tickets are going on sale on Friday, the 1st of October, that'll be. And they'll be drawn on the 30th of October at the very last um, uh, Smoking in the Valley competition. So it's $25 a ticket available on the Jagged website, J-A-G-R-D, woodfired.com.au. Make sure you check that out. Um, it's not just a ticket for a smoker. It could even be that ticket that you're looking for, for that new chance, uh, for that new leaf, turning over a new leaf in your life that you might be looking for if you want to get into a barbecue business because that thing is big enough you could seriously run a pretty decent catering business out of that as well. So that's really exciting and it's going to a good cause. It's helping out Lifeline. If you would like to reach out to Lifeline and uh, and talk to them directly, 
Um, if you need some help with anything, it is 13 11 14. They've got 24-7 crisis support. And if you go to their website, lifeline.org.au, they do have online chat available as well. So if you are out there, you are struggling with some things, you can hit them up. And if you'd like to help them out, make sure you grab one of these tickets that are coming available on Friday the 1st of October on the Jagged website. 25 bucks could change your life and it could change somebody else's, which is the most important thing. That's why we're doing all this. Okay, so... Before I let you go, let's round out the show with reminding you about the announcements. First of all, we are going to be taking a holiday. So the last two weeks of December and the first two weeks of January, my doctor, aka my wife, has prescribed me four weeks of no work. So we're going to be taking four weeks off over Christmas. We're not allowed to do anything. Um, and so just letting you know that there will be a break in episodes there. Uh, we got our shirts and our hoodies and our hats and our beanies and our mugs and whatnot available for you over on smokinghotconfessions.com slash shop. And while you're over there, a pop-up window will appear. You can put your details in there and we will send you out your free uh, ebook, The Beginner's Guide to Real Barbecue. So if you're at the start of your journey, you can get into that and that'll tell you everything you need to know to get up and started. Um, those jagged videos that we were talking about before, they are up on our YouTube channel only. So make sure you head over to YouTube. There's a playlist that we've created with the jagged videos there. And so they are aimed at beginners. So they are beginner. Uh, so far we've got beef rib, we've got pork rib, we've got chicken, we've got finding the hot spots, And of course we've got the introduction to stretch video. So if you're interested in buying a ticket to win one of those stretches, make sure you check out that introduction video. It's going to tell you everything you need to know. Okay, big shout out to the Smoke Not Confessions barbecue community. You've been awesome here tonight. The comments that have come through, I think these are the most comments we've had of any podcast uh, ever so far, so that is absolutely fantastic. And if you are catching this later on on the socials, make sure you give us all the thumbs up, the likes, the comments, and the whatnot. That would really help us out as well. So, until next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions. Yeah.